Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Let's get into this topic here. This is one of the funniest things uh, happening right now uh, in media. One of the funniest things. What am I referring to? Quick, uh, a, a quick uh, update. Stephen A. Smith, you know him, outspoken, uh, boisterous, um, at times, you know, confrontational. He went on Joe Button's podcast, and during that sit down, they were talking about a litany of things. Joe Button then decided to ask him about his thoughts about the Max Kellerman breakup, because as you guys may know, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman were partners on ESPN First Take for five years, if I'm not mistaken. Good. So when he asked him about this, instead of Stephen A. Smith just giving a generic answer, he went into this whole thing of, you know, Max Kellerman, you know, I was basically carrying the show. Um, It was becoming very difficult for people to listen to Max because he didn't have a, 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 a background in journalism, nor was he an athlete. He said, when we started looking at focus groups, Q ratings and all of that, I was up here and Max Kellerman was down here. He wasn't really moving the needle. Um, Just basically throwing the guy under the bus. While he's doing all of this, we must bear in mind that Max Kellerman was let go of a few months ago by ESPN, which means that, unfortunately, he's currently unemployed. So why you would be going out there talking about someone that's unemployed like this? Only only God and Stephen A. Smith knows why he decided to do that. So Stephen A. Smith did that, and he was like, I mean, if you're not getting the job done, I'm going to replace you in a very cold, cold way, right? Very cold. And some people were watching that saying, man, is this how you talk about a, a former partner? You're, I mean, this is how you talk about him? And then at the end of the day, you're going to say, I love Max. This is a word that people throw around way too. I love the guy. I wish him nothing. Stop. To me, that's just like a preempt. That's just like, that's like a filler before you then strike. I've noticed that the people always say a nice thing. They'll say like one or two nice things about a person, and then they go in on him. That's what Stephen A. Smith was doing there. So what happened? In the aftermath of that, someone posted something. Well, no, posted a clip of uh, Terrell Owens, Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith on Twitter when they had that infamous blow up where Terrell Owens basically told Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Max Kellerman is blacker than you. They got into that big thing on TV. Then Terrell Owens saw that post and then he put facts. Somehow, someway, I don't know how it was possible. Stephen A. Smith found out about this. And then they started this verbal back and forth on Twitter, which was hilarious. And we've covered that. But at the very end, I think the last thing Stephen A. Smith said was, because Kyrie Irving jumped in and said, can't these, can't you two gentlemen handle this off the radar instead of going back and forth on social media? Uh, Stephen A. Smith told Kyrie, um, respectfully, you don't know the background, but I see where you're coming from. I'm going to stand down. 
So we thought that was it. What happened? Yesterday evening, I was uh, going through the internet and I saw Stephen A. Smith's podcast pop up on my um, YouTube page or whatever. And I saw there, like the the, the headline, I saw uh, uh, um, Deion Sanders and I saw Terrell Owens. And I'm like, hmm, it looks like he didn't stand down after all. So what do I do? I proceed uh, to watch, but I didn't watch the full thing. So then th- luckily or thankfully, they released the segment where it was just him talking about that. It was about a 27-minute clip, if my memory serves me correctly. So I start watching it. And as I'm watching this clip, Stephen A. Smith does what he always does, which is he will say, I'm not going to go in on somebody. And then moments after that, he starts going in on the person. In this 27-minute clip, in Stephen A. Smith's mind, he was not taking shots at Terrell Owens. He was just getting things off of his chest. So what we want to do is want to play uh, some of the things that Stephen A. Smith was saying about Terrell Owens, and then we're going to come back and continue on with the show. Take a listen to that there. But I'm going to tell you what is a crime. Terrell Owens sticking his nose into this equation because he felt the need to join the conversation on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that the video that I'm about to show you is one of the greatest insults you could ever give to a black man. But T.O., with no one talking about him, nobody bringing him up, nobody alluding to anything about him, decides on a Saturday morning, at least that's when I saw it, when I woke up, to share this old video of himself on first take with me and Max talking about me as we were discussing the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. First of all, what is blacker? Let's get that out the way. I could say, who are you to talk about blackness? Are you, Terrell Owens, a model of what a black man should be? I have files. Here's what T.O. is not telling y'all. He knows I wouldn't go there. I don't do that to people. I talk about what you do in terms of what your profession is covering the world of sports. I don't get into your personal business. I got 30 years in the industry, dog. Google me. Check my resume. Talk to the athletes that know me. I'm not liked by a few. I know that. Don't give a I'm not here to make friends. I'm a journalist, personality, pundit. But who is Terrell Owens of all people to define blackness? We want to get into who represents the black community better. You really want to have that discussion? Really? I wouldn't even do that to you. I'm not going to even waste my time with that. I brought that up to point out that I was sitting there minding my own business. I answered the question that had been brought to me by Joe Budden 
and his team. The question was about Max Kellerman. What does that have to do with Terrell Owens? What does that have to do with him? Not a damn thing. And I'm sitting up there and I immediately reacted on Twitter, which may not have been the right thing to do, but I just felt compelled to do it. And the reason I felt compelled to do it, ladies and gentlemen, was because number one, I know he's full of shit. Number two, I know that he's starving for attention because that's the only way he might do something these days. Looking for anything to get himself attention. So, hey, I'm here to give it to you. You can have it because I'm here to help because God knows you need it. But I checked myself, not because of the inordinate amount of NFL people, in not just present players, but former players, not just the league office, but the NFL Players Association. I had calls from all over the place. Stephen, please don't do this to him. Please don't do this to him because we all know the ammunition that's out there. I mean, my God. It's so much. It's a file is thick. But that's not the point. I want it to be decent. And Kyrie Irving, who we all know I've had my differences with. Damn it, that doesn't mean he's not right. And when Kyrie Irving went out and put out this tweet right here, can Stephen A, can y'all call each other like grown, mature men and clear the air without all of the extra social media back and forth, get what you need off your chest and move on? Kyrie Irving was right. And that's a big reason why I'm not going to attack Terrell Owens. But it's not the only reason I'm not going to attack Terrell Owens. I'm not angry at Terrell. I'm not angry at T.O. I'm sad for him. It is rare in my lifetime that I've seen a person make more enemies out of people who genuinely cared and tried to help him than this man. So you heard what he had to say. Unfortunately, you weren't, we weren't able to show you what he was actually doing. At one point, in that clip, the man showed up with files in his hand, files of papers that I assume were bits of information as it, per as it pertains to Terrell Owens, or it could have been maybe the lawsuit he tried to file against Stephen A. Smith. Here are my thoughts on this. In Stephen A. Smith's mind, in that clip we just played, He's like, I didn't go at Terrell Owens. I didn't go at him. Stephen A. Smith will go out there, say all of what he just said, all of what he just said, and at the very end, he will be shocked when people go back at him. He's going to be shocked when Terrell Owens or others call him out for what he just said. He will act like he doesn't know what he just said. You spoke about the man being cantankerous you spoke about him you, you you brought up issues about his character about how he performed how he behaved with chris carter things that has happened in his life you spoke about the fact that maybe the reason he's doing this is maybe because he wants money you basically described him as some wretched person this 
that's not doing well in life and you're not going to give him the airtime. You then brought up the fact that you're going to you, 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 you could expose what happened with the lawsuit and all of these. You said all of these different things. But the one thing you didn't say or address was what he said about you and, uh, as it pertains to Max Kellerman. You didn't really address that. Here's the quick. Maybe for Stephen A. Smith supporters that people don't understand. Here's the basic uh, uh, information. Stephen A. Smith is very talented. Uh, he is very good at what he does. He knows how to make a lot of money for networks, in this case ESPN. No one is questioning any of that. He is credentialed in his field, especially in, with his basketball background. No one is taking any of that away from him. No one is doing that. However, there is a running theme with him that a lot of people feel, which is uh, he always has the energy to go at blacks, in this case, black athletes, with all of this fervor, with all of this ferocity. But when it comes time to go at white athletes, he doesn't go as hard. That's what some people believe about him. I'm not 100% sure of how true that is because I do remember in the past there was a former NFL player, I believe it was a quarterback, his name was Jay Cutler, and he used to go at him. But nevertheless, that's what people believe about him. So whenever people hear him talking about my brother this, my brother that, I'm for the brothers, it falls on deaf ears with some people. In that exchange between himself and Max Kellerman and uh, what's his name, and Terrell Owens, People at the time were expecting him to be more supportive, not punitive, because in some people's minds, they were like, wait a minute, Kaepernick is already going against the machine, which is the NFL, and it seems like you're coming to their aid. I personally believe that is what Terrell Owens was referring to. I could be wrong. I'm just interpreting things based on my understanding. I can be wrong. I'm not saying I have all the answers here. That's what I believe. So there's always going to be this constituency that exists out there that are always going to be looking at him with the side eye. When you go out there and say, the first thing I do in the morning is wake up and think about how much money I can make for my bosses. And the second thing I've, when people hear these things, it makes it seem as if you're up for sale. It makes it seem as if you would do anything for money. That is problematic. That is problematic. So I think that's why some people feel the way that they do. And whenever Stephen A. Smith tries to then throw his credentials in terms of his support for blacks and all of that, people are not trying to hear it. People are not trying to hear it. What I personally know about Stephen A. Smith is that from afar, I don't know the man, don't really care to know him, to be totally honest with you. What I know from afar is that Stephen A. Smith respects very few things. He respects money, but more importantly, he respects power. That's what he respects the most. He respects money and he respects power. Everything else falls to the wayside. What am I talking about? Stephen A. Smith has a lot of reverence for powerful people, famous people, the Michael Jordans of the world, all of these guys. He has deep reverence for them. He always kisses their ass essentially in public. That's one thing. Money is that, well, he said it himself. But when it comes to other things, even if it's pertaining to blacks, he'll throw you under the bus. I lost respect for Stephen A. Smith for this very reason. Is when he went out there and started making fun of those Nigerian players' names. Let me tell you why I lost respect for him. 
You see, Stephen A. Smith knows who he can F with and who he can't F with. He understands that very clearly. He understands that and don't get it twisted. He knows who he can mess with and who he cannot mess with. When it comes to those Nigerian players' names, you can all of a sudden act like you can't you can read and now start making fun of these people's names, right? Good, because, well, they're no threat to me. They don't mean anything. This is just an abstract group, right? Although they're the Nigerians that are, I mean, anyway. Good, but I can. You can bet your bottom dollar that there will never come a time in history, ever in history, where he would mispronounce some of the people. Let's say, for example, Jewish people. Do you think Stephen A. Smith would be running around on TV mispronouncing their names on purpose? Of course he wouldn't. He knows better than that. So there are groups that he respects and groups that he doesn't respect, and it has nothing to do with color. It has everything to do with power and money. Power and money. This is the guy talking about brothers, flaming brothers all over the internet. He's talking about Max Kellerman because Max Kellerman is not in a position of power. That's why. He is not in a position of power. Had Max been in a position of power, he wouldn't dare say what he's saying. He wouldn't dare. Did you ever see Stephen A. Smith talk to Max Kellerman the way he was talking to Skip Bayless? Why wasn't he complaining about the format was stale when it was just two people going back and forth? Do you know the reason why he didn't do that? Because he knew he was in a position of power. When he got Max on the show, he showed his true colors. People expose themselves whenever you give them money and power. They just show you who they are. It magnifies who they really were to begin with. This dude is grimy. He was the same dude that ran on TV calling Lamar Odom a crackhead. It was this dude. It wasn't me, it wasn't Terrell Owens, it wasn't Marcellus Wiley, it wasn't Max Kellerman, it wasn't this person, it wasn't that, it was this dude. No one told him to say that, he said it all on his own. He said it all on his own. And that entire video was just a bunch of dry snitching. You're exposing the man's business without going into details, and he thought he didn't say anything. You exposed information about him, but you just didn't go into detail. And when Terrell Owens now goes back at him, he's going to be shocked. I don't understand. Bro, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You're bringing up legal matters and all that. You know what you're doing. And that's why I didn't get into this whole thing of he's a great, what is it, um, uh, what is it? Uh, whenever he starts giving you the champion and blah, blah. Whenever he does all of those things, he's getting ready to, to deflame you. He's getting ready to do that. So to me, man, go on with that. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody feeling that. And, um, you know, uh, <laughs> if Terrell Owen goes back at him, he would deserve it. Come on. He, Stephen A. Smith acting like he's slick, like he's the only one out here with a brain. Bro, we know what you're doing. I was just listening to Marcellus Wiley this morning who had a great segment on. It's like, yo, cut it out with it. And enough with the threats. Enough with it. We, we're talking sports here. What did Boozy say? We ain't doing nothing but rapping. We ain't doing nothing but rapping, man. That's what he said. We're just talking sports. Ain't none of us going to spin a block on no on nobody. Let's cut that out. None of us. No matter how much we twist up, we not doing any of that. We don't have a history of that. Let's stop. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. As you guys know, uh, there's this back and forth that's taking place in the media between Terrell Owens and uh, Stephen A. Smith. And essentially, all of this was started when Terrell Owens liked the post um, about 
you know, to the time when he went on the last time he went on ESPN first take where he essentially called uh, Max Kellerman. He was basically referring to Max as being blacker than Stephen A. Smith. Now, um, maybe some of our younger viewers may not be aware of this, but this actually took place. So um, what we want to do, we want to quickly play what Terrell Owens had to say to Stephen A. Smith on that show and really what started all of this. And then we're going to come back. So take a listen to that there. Everybody's speaking up on behalf of Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick. You the one person that don't have anything to say. You step aside while brothers and sisters who know that you were right to want to address police brutality, who know that you were right to want to address racial oppression, who know that you were right when you say that you didn't deserve to be blackballed and you didn't deserve to have your cause politicized. All of us are fighting on behalf of you, but right, you I, are the one that won't speak up for yourself. Do you right, have a problem I, with that? Well, I think the thing is, in the black community, like I said, I'm in, I'm in the streets. I, I, I hear what's yes, going on. Yes, you are. On. Yes, and you the are. the thing is, is, I think, Stephen, that you have a platform. It's okay to disagree, but it was the way you were going about it. It was almost like you were attacking him. And I think the thing with Colin Kaepernick and the way that things shifted right, you know, right at the, the the doorstep of this workout is just the transparency. Um, you alluded to uh, to, to the document. Um, as, as that related, I mean, as, as, as I was referring to it with the document, the, the waiver, um, again, like I said, when you insert language into something that's not standard, then obviously you have to take time to review those documents. And like I said, they weren't given adequate time to, to do that. And so to now insert that and then think that he was gonna sign it right at the doorfront, then that's that's not a fair you giving him you know if you're going to give him a fair workout then give him a fair workout you know he had he was allowed no well, media access he they were trying to dictate time out, time you know, out, time who out. his receivers were i have this to stop you other. there i have to stop you there i am on the air right now listening to a hall of famer who i believe has had a multitude of opportunities to highlight unfairness that has been exacted from him did that stop you from accepting the challenge, knowing that you were walking into situations that were flagrantly unfair, that you were operating behind the eight ball at a disadvantage, courtesy of a system and an entity that obviously had a lot of power and influence to compromise whatever your aspirations were. You do it, I do it. There are people that sit up there, you ain't the only one that accused me of attacking him. I would ask you to recall what I said. What I said is that, I have been supporting this man. What I didn't support was you sending, not you, meaning him, sending the message that everything has to be ideal and everything has to be fair in order for me to embrace the challenge to acquire what I have been behind the scenes through my camp telling everybody I want. If you don't want to work out, that's fine. If you think it's unfair and you want, and I know Max, you want to get in, I'm going to bring I you do, in. Yeah, yeah. And you want to, and you don't think it's fair, that's fine. And you want to get your lawyer and your lawyer wants to stand up there and say, this waiver is an issue. We are ready to work out, but not until they alter this waiver, et cetera. That's different. But to not do the workout, to change locations, and then to go and give a speech to the media without taking any questions, any inquiry as to what's really going on, you are leaving others 
to surmise what the hell happened. Can I, can I answer that real quick? I don't think that's fair. Tio, do you mind if I jump into you? Yes, I prefer you do that. But go ahead, what go. I wanted is it's transparency, Stephen A. And that's like, like I've done it. I've had incidents throughout, throughout the course of my career. And then there have been times where I've, I've gone into interviews where I've done an hour and a half, two hours of an interview. And then they break down and they edit. And then you guys get on, uh, get on the show and there's a panel of people. And then they break down whatever clips that they show. They're mm -hmm. not showing the entire hour and a half or two hours of that of that interview that I've done. So what he wanted was transparency for people to see the full workout, to see the full Colin Kaepernick. Again, you, you mentioned obviously Max is going to get in here. And like I said, I'm in the streets. Max almost seems blacker than you, Stephen A. Eh? <laughs> with 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 what time he with with he's time coming, time you know, time with his commentary. Time, 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 with all due respect, my brother. You don't, <laughs> I'm just you, saying, dog. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm just I'm a, saying. I'm gonna check you right now. You don't cross. I'm the line. just saying. Time, time, time. Wait a minute. You don't cross the line. <laughs> First of all, like I said, you, Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> Eric Reed, any of y'all that want to debate me in front of black people and talk about what's best for black people, name the time and place, I'll show up. I don't want to hear, what's the definition of blackness? Is there a definitive definition of blackness? Why are you giving the impression that because I don't march lockstep with every single thing that Colin Kaepernick wants. Okay, excuse me. Hold on. I'm not agreeing. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm not agreeing with everything that Colin Kaepernick has I, I, done. So you heard what Terrell Owens had to say. So what happens? Terrell Owens then, he goes on uh, Twitter and he likes a tweet that was referring um, to, what is it, to th that, that, basically that clip. And he goes on there and he likes a tweet. This was on um, about two days ago. He said, facts, right? And then he then says some more uh, because then uh, he, de he then says, facts, I already know. Now I right hear he wants to expose me, whatever that means. Now, what is he talking about? Well, apparently uh, Stephen A. Smith caught a whiff of what this man had to say. And he basically uh, went out there to try to um, expose him. And he said, now, as for this dude, that's an entirely different story. You know how I feel about your story behind Terrell Owens, and you know why. You should thank your heavenly father for having zeroed in on you with the trifling stuff you tried to pull. Tell folks at ESPN why you're, de why you're desperate behind tried to, uh, tried to pull up, what you're desperate behind tried to pull up. Keep on talking. Eventually, you will expose yourself. Real facts. But he didn't stop. Uh, but he didn't stop there. He then continues on by saying, or maybe I'll just dedicate the entire Stephen A. Smith show slash podcast on YouTube this Monday, the Monday that just passed, to all the things you tried to do behind the scenes to brothers over the years while claiming someone is more of a brother than others. Let me think about this over the next 24 hours. Sick of this enough. He then says that. He then goes on after Kyrie Irving jumps in and says, um, what did he say? He said, can y'all call each other like grown mature men and clear out there with all of this extra, me extra social media back and forth, get what you need off your chest and move on. Stephen A. Smith then responds and says, respectfully, bro, you don't know the whole story. I have nothing to say to his sorry, pathetic behind, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you're wrong. You are right, bro. I'm man enough to admit that. That's what Stephen A. Smith says. Um, then Terrell Owens basically saw what he had to say. And he responded by basically saying, nah, nah, 
expose me. Expose me. You said you're going to expose me. Expose me. He said, don't stand down now. I'll be sorry and pathetic. Be sure to keep that same energy when you see me next time. You see, I'm not intimidated by you because I have a plat because you have a platform and a loud mouth to claim that you're going to allegedly expose me about something. It seems to me that you're the one being exposed. Please expose me. Let us know what you got. I, along with everyone, will be waiting. I don't bother nobody. I'm just me. And if you don't like me, that's a personal problem. That's what Terrell Owens had to say. And then he said a few other things. So then after Stephen A. Smith said that um, he's not going to expose him, he then goes on his show and does what? Basically starts dry snitching all over Terrell Owens, bringing up things from his past, showing up there with files. I don't know where this guy gets these files, just like the Lonzo Ball story. I don't know where this guy gets all this information from. But anyway, he shows up with all of these files and he basically goes at Terrell Owens. He throws rocks behind his hands. He's like, well, I didn't really say anything. I could have gone in much more. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. But I didn't really say anything. You spent 27 minutes allegedly not saying anything about the guy. That's what that's allegedly what happened. So then what happens? Terrell Owens, who I wasn't sure was going to respond to what Stephen A. Smith did, actually uh, did. I went to his Twitter, uh, what is it, yesterday night, and he actually did. He said this about 11 hours ago. He said, Stephen A, yawning. Like I said, I'm not worried about being exposed because there's nothing. Number one, I didn't put up that post that I responded to. It was a retweet, genius, that I commented on, and I stand on that. Number two, I don't lie. And as far as all those players, GMs, NFL, PA, that you claim to have reached out to, so what? Guess what? I've had players and people to reach out to me too. What does that statement even mean? If I've done something so wrong, then why hasn't it been all over the news? I don't chirp. I don't claim to be a badass. I don't bother nobody. You alluding to that I'm desperate because an attorney reached out to me about an ESPN situation. I don't play victim like you say, but it is what it is. But I want to keep, I want you to keep the same energy you're giving to all the people about sorry and pathetic when you see me. You got files. Files of what? Have I been to jail? Did I commit a crime or something that the world is missing? If this is your way of trying to expose me, then good try. I'm not worried. As always, God got me. He then said, he didn't finish there. He said, holding up papers, talking, talking about you got files, <laughs> files of stuff on me. As long as no courthouses and police state, uh, no police statements don't have anything to do with me. I'm good. And even if they did ninja, so what? Miss me with that baloney. <laughs> Your alleged files of people that don't like me because I stand and stood up for myself because of clowns like you that talk bad about us black athletes like Kyrie, Kaepernick, Durant, etc. for the networks in their direction to get yourself a paycheck. So that's basically what he said there. I think at this point, Stephen A. Smith should just let it go. 
he should just let it go. Because he gonna dry snitch, say one thing, not really say the whole thing, and then we're gonna be up here. Like those files, for example. You held up those files. What are on those files? Nobody knows. So why'd you bring them? You said you're coming to not expose him, but then you come with files and then not say what are on the files. So why did you bring the files? These are the things that people are these are the things that people are talking about, man. These are the things that people are talking about. Like, enough is enough with it. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. I don't think anyone is winning in this situation. And I think Stephen A. Smith is looking bad because he's looking like a bully. Because he's the one that went to Max Kellerman. And this guy just responded to something that was posted, retweeted. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. This is going to be a show, and I don't even, I'm not even sure what direction uh, we're going to go in today. As you guys, uh, as you guys know right now, Deion Sanders and his team are probably the biggest story in all of sports, uh, at least in the United States. Bigger than the NFL, bigger than the NBA. Well, there's no NBA right now, but you understand, you understand the point that I'm making. Any major news sports show is starting off their show talking about Deion Sanders and this Colorado. Uh, buffaloes which means that they're a pretty big deal now what happened just this last saturday was a pretty just this last saturday was a pretty big game a lot of fanfare a lot of celebrities were there even little wayne came out to introduce um the colorado buffaloes pretty big game but um in that third quarter no 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 i think it was in the first half yeah in the first half excuse me um henry blackburn the player from the colorado state rams had a vicious hit on wide receiver uh, Travis Hunter. He hit him, cleared him out. Even I think it was even on an incompletion. And it looked like it looked to all of us that he was trying to send him a message. Uh, in the aftermath of that play, various people started chiming in. These are some people that have played in the NFL at a professional level. Uh, people like Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Irvin, uh, Richard Sherman. And other people, and we covered this uh, story yesterday. A lot of them felt that that was unnecessary, and some people felt felt like or suggested rather that they did that to send not only that player uh, Travis Hunter but the entire team a message. Fantastic. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dealing with a bit of a cold here. Excuse me. In the midst of all of this, Deion Sanders has been going back and forth doing various pressers speaking to the media talking his talk some people have loved it some people have been indifferent and some people have flat out hated what Deion Sanders has been doing and the way he's been going about doing those things one of those people is a public figure and his name is Jason Whitlock now Jason Whitlock has produced a series of shows discussing his disdain for what Deion Sanders represents. Uh, he has questioned his intentions. He's questioned uh, you know, him as a man, comparing him to a female TikToker. Uh, and he's even questioned his religious foundation, which I thought was just was just too much, right? But of course there's some people uh that love that. So Dion and these guys went out, they won the game. And various people like myself are pretty much calling out Jason Whitlock for his excessive um, um, attacks on Deion Sanders. 
And I knew that it was going to be a matter of time before uh, Jason Whitlock decided to respond publicly to Deion Sanders. So what happened? He released the show just yesterday on his channel. Uh, I believe it's called Fearless with Jason Whitlock. And in this show, uh, it's about an hour and 26 minute long show. And the thumbnail alone is called uh, Fearless with Jason Whitlock and you have Coach Scam. Uh, And then he goes, Coach Prime in Colorado are new coach K and Duke. Privilege, what did he write? Privilege and title, easy to hate. So I started listening to it. The reason I started listening to it was to gain a better understanding of Jason Whitlock's reasoning. I know of Jason Whitlock. He used to work on FS1 on the show called, uh, I think it was Speak for Yourself. Um, And he has some pretty strong takes, but I didn't really pay too much attention to him. And to be fair, back then I wasn't even, we weren't even covering sports to begin with, but I definitely knew um, who he was. Yesterday, when he released this show, I'm one of these people that when I listen to things, listen to these shows, I can be listening to them in the background. But the thing I'm judging is the reasoning. I'm paying attention to the reasoning, the arguments these guys are using, and I dissect it at a, at, a, at a very high level. It's just one of my gifts. I'm not being funny. It's just one of my gifts. Um, so I was listening to understand if this guy was going to make any sense. I wanted to understand his philosophy. I wanted to understand what what really his message was and to understand if there was any flaws in his thinking and if he, whether or not he was trying to push an agenda. This is what I was trying to understand. And it was a pretty long show, as I said, about an hour and a half, but I decided to hone in on just one part, right? On just one part, because I can't, we can't cover the entire entirety of his show. But there was a part in his show where he was discussing the Henry Blackburn hit on Travis Hunter. And Jason Whitlock said that the hit, although it was a bit excessive, it's not is it's not anything that's out of the ordinary. Matter of fact, I don't even want to explain his logic. I want you guys to listen to it. What we're going to do is we're going to play exactly what he had to say about that incident on the field. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to that. So, and I don't know what Michael Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson said immediately after that. And so hopefully what they should have said is like, oh, oh, let's pump the brakes here on demonizing Henry Blackburn. Yes, in today's modern football, that was a late illegal hit in today's modern football. Commonplace, in Michael Irvin's era, that's a commonplace play. That was not some over-the-top, super vicious hit. That was, uh, in, in the quarterback position, they used to call it a delivery sack, but it was kind of a delivery hit that safeties used to execute all the time. It was not a super vicious blow. What didn't use his helmet, didn't use his shoulder pad. But I'm not even trying to defend 
Henry Blackburn. Should have been flagged, and we've seen guys tossed for worse. But that's not the kind of hit that, according to reports now, uh, he has a lacerated kidney and is going to miss three weeks. I think Dion has announced that he's going to miss three weeks. It's not the kind of hit that generally leads to that kind of injury. It was not that vicious of a hit. Only in today's modern world is that seen as a super vicious hit. If he had had the football and it got hit in that way, hit that way, no one would have thought it was a particularly hard hit that should lead to injury. And so no one's being a journalist here and saying, hold on, if he takes that hit in the game, no one think, no one bats an eye, no one thinks he should be that hurt. No one is sitting there thinking, lacerated kidney, out three weeks. So it, it leads me to say, what don't we know? This kid had only played eight games at Jackson State last year. He's injury prone. Why did that routine hit lacerate a kidney? Did he come into the game banged up? You heard what he had to say. When he first said that, I was thinking to myself, I said, this guy can't be serious. He can't be serious. But then I started to realize, I'm like, okay, he's saying one thing, but what's the message he's trying to convey? There are two things happening. He's saying something, but the thing that he's saying, apart from the point he's making, he's also trying to convey a message. And as I was listening to him, I began to understand his message. The guy clearly says it wasn't a vicious hit that is being overblown. Meanwhile, you had professional athletes who played in the NFL and the era in the past saying that that was an excessive hit, number one. Number two, if the hit wasn't excessive, why was he rushed to the hospital and couldn't play in the second half and is now slated to be out for the next three weeks? Explain that to me. If the hit, in fact, wasn't excessive, why is he out? Why is he inactive right now? There are two things happening. Either the hit was excessive and therefore he can't play, or you believe that somehow what, he's faking it? He's overblowing it, so what, he he wanted to go to the hospital for, hospital for the next two weeks, three weeks? But that makes no sense. Do you know why? Because he tried to play in the second half. And he couldn't. He couldn't. So which is it? Is he faking it or did it really happen? According to Jason Whitlock, it's not that big a deal. So why did he go to the hospital? He's saying, well, the reason, if you listen carefully, he went down, had nothing to do with the fact that he got hit that hard. Although we all understand that he wouldn't even be going to the hospital had he not get, gotten hit by that guy. But we're going we're gonna, to we're, we're, we're gonna forego that. He's saying then that it's not really his, it's not really the guy's fault that hit him. It's his fault because he's not durable. Not because he hit him, but it's his fault because he wasn't durable. What kind of ass backward log logic is this? Seriously. What kind of ass backwards way of thinking is this? You see, this is what happens when you try to push 
agendas and you're not being straightforward. But it, it, it doesn't even end there. Here's another point I want to point out to you. There's another point I want to point out to you. We want to play the second clip for you guys of him talking about how Deion Sanders made himself a target. And then we're going to continue on with the show. Take a listen to that there. Let me go to the extra point, the extra layer of this. Dion put a target on his team's back. Everything Dion has been doing has been putting a target on his team's back. Dion has been running out, and I'm talking about since February, when he held the team meeting and told, or January, whenever he went to Colorado and held the team meeting and told everybody, uh, hit the transfer portal. I'm bringing Louis Vuitton here. I, I, I want four and five star kids here. I want the best here. When Dion did that, that's the process of putting a target on your team's back. When Dion came out week one after beating TCU, and saying, oh, I'm about to get comfortable up in here. And everybody's threatened and frustrated. A black coach leaving a, leading a locker room with 75% black players. Dion racialized this whole thing and put a target on his team's back. And so if you're wondering why Henry Blackburn and those white offensive linemen and ended up the, the black defensive end for Colorado State. All these guys that got all these unsportsmanlike conduct penalties trying to take little cheap shots at Colorado. Where's that animus coming from? Again, I've seen this a million times. I've seen poor, working class, disrespected black kids go compete against the entitled, privileged, well-funded white kids and do exactly that. Oh, you think you better than us. You think we ain't nothing. You think we're beneath you. I'll show you. Seen it a million times. I've been one of them kids. And so now you can't see it because you're so blinded by your racial idolatry, racism, that you can't see that Dion has done this to white kids. I want to point out something to you, now that you've heard both clips. Just to show that Jason Woodlock is playing a game with you people and the people that are not smart enough to pick up on what he's doing. On the one hand, the man said that there was nothing excessive about that hit. There was no malicious intent behind that hit. It was just an actual football play. Yeah, it may have been a little bit excessive, but it was nothing out of the ordinary. There's no real big need to make a big deal out of it. And ultimately, the hit wasn't so bad. And it was a guy really that because he didn't have such a durable body, it was his fault that he got hurt, essentially. So there was no malicious intent. No one was out to get these guys. But in the very next clip, he says... Because of all of the talking, 
because of the way that these guys have been carrying themselves, they are making themselves a target. I have a question to ask uh, to Jason Whitlock and people that support this line of thinking. Which one is it? Are they being targeted or are they not? Help me figure it out. Because within a within le- within less than a 10 minute span, the guy just gave two opposing views. On the one hand, he's saying that there was nothing out of the ordinary. It was just a football play. Let's move on. And on the other hand, he's saying, if you look at the way these guys have been carrying themselves, if you look at the things that the coach has been saying, obviously, you're going to make yourself a target. You're going to make people want to come after you. He even then related it back to himself. I used to be one of these kids. What are you saying? As I was watching him talk in the video, I was looking at his face to understand whether or not he was sincere. I think a part of him believes what he's saying. And that's scary. I think a part of him wholeheartedly believes the words that are coming out of his mouth. I do. It's almost as if when you psych yourself out, you can get yourself to believe anything. It's like a it's like a it's like a Jedi mind trick you pull on yourself. To a certain extent, he believes what he's saying. At least that's what I think. Here's my larger issue with Jason Whitlock, and I finally figured it out after listening to him today. I finally figured it out. I figured it out. Here's the truth. Now, this may offend some people. It is your 100% right to feel offended. No one is saying you shouldn't feel offended. If you feel offended, so be it. Voice your opinion. Like the video. Dislike the video. Subscribe. Unsubscribe. It's totally, that's totally your choice. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm understanding about Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock, first of all, um, is shielding or protecting one group's feelings by attacking another group so that another group doesn't feel bad, so that the first group doesn't feel bad. What am I discussing? I'm going to say it in plain English here. Jason Whitlock is a conservative. You can go on his channel under any every video uh, description. It says it there. Support conservatives is right there. Is something wrong with being a conservative? No. Is something wrong with being a liberal? No. Again, I'm no one's judge. There are a lot of conservative precincts that I agree with, especially as a Christian. There's some liberal philosophies that I agree with without demonizing either side. That's childish. I don't demonize people. That's not my job. That's what Jason Whitlock does. That's how he earns his keep. He targets one group, creates another group of supporters, and that's how he goes about his business. We're talking about serious issues now. What I've understood is this. Jason Whitlock wants to spare some, because not all conservatives are like him, some in his conservative base spare their feelings. They shouldn't feel bad. They shouldn't feel this way. They shouldn't feel that way. Don't worry. I got you. No need to feel bad about anything. No need to feel guilty about anything. No need to hold yourself accountable about anything. What I'll do is I got your back and I'll tear that other group down. That is essentially what Jason Whitlock does in a nutshell. Let me tell you the fundamental difference between a person like him and a person like me. For those of you who have been following this channel, 
I have had ver- I have I have had we have had various constituencies that have disagreed with us on a range of issues. I've had blacks disagree with me. I have had uh, uh, whites disagreed with me, especially with that Kyrie Irving thing, trying to say that what he did was anti-Semitic. I said no. I've had different groups agree and disagree with me. One thing people understand when they watch this platform is that I'm telling you what I think. I'm not telling you that from a self-righteous standpoint, saying that my views are right, I'm all right, and you're all wrong. No. I'm giving you my opinion, and if you get offended in the process, I hope at least you give me some credit for being honest with you, for respecting my audience enough to tell you what I think. And if it risks turning some people off, so be it. At least I'm being honest with you. Jason Whitlock is not doing that. In some case, he's trying to spare some whites their feelings by attacking blacks excessively. For you to say with a straight face that they're trying to demonize, what's the gentleman's name? Demonize Henry Blackburn, apart from the threats that he's been receiving, which is absolutely ridiculous. And that, but that just is a, some people are crazy when they go that far. We're talking about, we're not talking about demonize, I'm talking about what happened on the, on the, on the, on the football field. In terms of calling out that play, what has happened beyond that is absolutely is absolute madness. And some people cannot contain themselves. They just can't. To be going that far with those type of threats, that's madness. But in, the, in this particular case, I've noticed that that's what this guy's doing. And at this point, he's saying anything. The point he made in those sound bites that I played for you were 100% incoherent. They were incoherent. He had two ideas that were totally diametrically opposed with one another. The one hand, he's saying that no one targeted these guys. No one's no one is out for these guys. It's just football. And in the other hand, he's saying you're turning yourself into a target. What are we discussing? My final point on this and whoever gets offended again, that's your right. But I'm, I'm just going to say this. You know, I get sick and tired of people like this trying to use religion to demonize people and castigate people. And attack people. You are nobody's judge. Let me make it clear to you. You're no one's judge. You're a Christian like me. You can save no one. You can't even save yourself. Jesus Christ, God in heaven is the one that can save people. So who are you to be running around, pointing people out, pointing this Christian, pointing that Christian? What, what are you talking about? What are you feeling like that you can go around be, and do it? Who, who are you? Are you a pastor? No, no, let's figure it out. Are you a prophet? Are you a prophet? There are people that go to church every single Sunday. You don't know what they're facing. You don't know what they're facing. You don't know the challenges that they're facing. Just because you see somebody sitting in church, you don't know that they're going through some things, that they're still looking for the Lord's mercy. And then here you come, somebody sitting in a congregation, like all the other sinners, like the rest of us, who are imperfect except the one in heaven. And you got some jackass in the corner over here trying to cast uh, 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 judgment on people. As a Christian, I don't believe. Who cares what you believe? Who honestly cares? On judgment day, nobody's going to be looking for you. You're going to be standing right there trying to save yourself, answering for your own sins, like everybody else, if that's what you believe, by the way. So for you to take this position, what kind of self-righteous position is it? That's I'm not talking about religious Christians saying, hey, listen, I don't like this thing that I'm seeing being... Per- uh, per- uh, uh, um, a perpetuated, uh, what's the word I can't even say, propagated throughout society, things against our kids. I understand that. That's a totally different thing. 
That's a totally different thing, and I side with you guys on that. But in this particular issue, about judging people, you're no one's judge. You're no one's judge. No one. No one knows what's in your heart. No one knows what you do in your free time. No one knows this. No one knows this. No one knows if you're a gambler or anything. Nobody knows this. And it's no one's business. But to go around and do this self-righteous walking around with your cross trying to send people to hell, who are you? You're just another person like the rest of us out here. And as a Christian, it bothers me. You weren't bothered enough to sit next to Brett Favre. That didn't bother you, huh? Someone accused from accused about stealing from the poor. That didn't bother you then. But now you all of a sudden you want to get bothered. I can't stand Christians like this. As a Christian speaking. As a Christian speaking. It's an absolute joke. But something is wrong with this dude. I've I finally figured it out. Your whole angle is negativity towards Deion Sanders. I went back four months ago. You were already, That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Why you do it, I don't know. Oh, well, I do know. I do know why you do this. It's a shame. You're so desperate for love from people, you're afraid to say what's really going on. I don't care. That's the fundamental difference between you and I. And guess what? There are whites and black that respect my honesty. If you go through some of the comments, they'll say, I don't always agree with you. I don't always agree with you, but at least you're honest. At least you're honest. I say what I see without insulting and disrespecting people and sending people to hell the way you're doing it. You're still on this, 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 this gravy train. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.